welcome, welcome everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Why Now. I am your host, Monica Dina, here with my co-host, Cameron Allen. And today we are talking about love. Today we are speaking with an amazing healer named Lena Franklin. She is an Atlanta-based psychotherapist and meditation teacher. Her work intersects Buddhist philosophy, transpersonal psychology, meditation, mindfulness, and yogic philosophies. We are excited to be sponsored by NOW, a family-owned company offering more than 1,400 natural products, including essential oils and supplements. NOW is currently offering 20% off your entire purchase for our podcast listeners. Head to nowfoods.com with the coupon code YNOW20. Without further ado, let's hear from Lena herself. She shares with us how growing up in a Buddhist Christian household helped shape her spirituality, her path to twin flame ascension, and a little advice we can all take with us today. Let's talk about twin flames because people have different perspectives. Twin flame. Okay. So your twin flame is the other half of your soul. At your soul's origination, long, long ago, right, you all divided into two. And there's a divine masculine embodiment of the soul and a divine feminine embodiment of the soul. And the purpose of that splitting and then journeying forward in so many lifetimes, many, many lifetimes, is to eventually journey back to one another. And there are many lifetimes where you never connect with your twin flame. So, you know, just know that. Um, But there are also other lifetimes where you may just like graze past your twin flame. Like you may meet them, but the timing isn't right. Or you need to learn other lessons or they need to learn other lessons. So your twin flame essentially is the other half of your soul. um, And together you are the perfect divine balance of, masculine and feminine energy. Now that doesn't mean that you're always going to be born into embodied masculine or embodied feminine. You both may be embodied masculine or both may be embodied feminine in different lifetimes, but your journey is all about coming back together as this divine whole in service of greater awakening, in service of the expansion of consciousness and healing of humanity. Hey, Cameron. Yeah, yeah, you know it's coming. <laughs> I want to know Cameron's opinion because Cameron yeah, so. talked about this twin flame thing for years. So yeah, so the only the thing for me is because I'm so focused always on like conditioning in our reality in our society. I always like to break down or ask people like, "What is twin flame?" But that was I like that definition. It feels really congruent, and it feels like you actually have a depth of experience with it. So. Honestly, I don't have issues with people's definitions, but I have seen so many people who talk about like a certain person is their twin flame and then they end up not being with that person. That person actually wasn't even emotionally mature. So my only like I could totally have many counterpoints to that or whatever, but it's like my invitation is to like for you to open up in like, yeah, what do you think? like is the lens that would be helpful for people to take when it comes to thinking of this idea of twin flames. Hmm. Yes. 
So I think it's important to hold the twin flame philosophy with spaciousness because I hear all the time, oh, I met my twin flame or this or that. And it's thrown around a bit casually. And the late, you know, I'm, I'm also a proponent of not being so attached to labels. So I think we can hold it with spaciousness. We can explore, if we do feel that divine connection and we feel this like magnetic attraction to someone, we can explore that, maybe doing some soul-based work to look into perhaps what this is. But I think it's really important to not um, attach ourselves so automatically and throw it around because it is such a sacred dynamic that we don't want to belittle it or like minimize it for what it is. Right. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't like, I don't desire to become like this person who like poo poos on ideas, you know, but it's just like whenever things, you know, when quote unquote spirituality has become mainstream and then everything just, you know, gets watered down. And I always tell people, I'm like, cause a lot, uh, when I'm working with astrology, people are like, I don't believe in astrology. And I'm like, what kind what do you know about astrology? And then they tell me like, I saw this thing in a horoscope in a newspaper. And I'm like, okay, if that's what you're defining as astrology, I don't believe in it either then. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like making clear definitions of like, there's things that are watered down in the conditioning in the mainstream, but then those still those same labels and terms are actually things and like actually being able to penetrate and dive deeply into experiences to actually figure out instead of immediately projecting ultimate meaning into situations. Yes, completely. I totally agree with you, Cameron. It's- um, it's, it's good that spirituality is so widespread, but it also we need to be discerning around the watered down nature that some of these philosophies can take on because of the widespread spirituality we see these days. So I am with you hundred percent. Well, Cameron, I want to hear your watered up. Tell me what is twin flame, Cameron, to you? Your, what is your definition of twin flame? Okay. Yeah. And, so- and, and, and do you believe? in the idea of twin I have taken the approach over the past few years that I don't like I have I used to believe so many things and then I, I continue on like being disillusioned of things to find a greater awareness so I try to stay very present and I like to say I believe that if I continue to seek I will see so I try not to believe as much even though I still will throw out my opinions and I chose the definition based off of an astrology teacher that I had, Jeffrey Wolf Green from Evolutionary Astrology, and he calls it twin souls or twin. The, the twin flame is a twin soul, so it is like she defined it's, but he he defines it differently. But it, the way that they start off is the same. So the soul is one, and it splits off into two. But what he says is that it splits off into two, so it can accelerate its evolutionary process, mm-hmm. and then come back together. He says they actually could identify charts in people who were who twin flames and they were like literally the same. Mm. Like as far as like literal, like they couldn't even grow together because you can't grow with no contrast. Mm-hmm. So that's what I chose to adopt as that definition. And I continue to move forward with openness to like this great, because when people talk about it, like when Lena just talked about it, like, I'm like, Ooh, like that feels really good in my body and my heart. Like I feel that. Right. Then somebody else could say it. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about all that. Mm -hmm. So I just allow the experience to inform me and I keep moving forward with that in my reality. 
So I've been doing that as well. I've had a few experiences. I would say the most prominent one are two experiences um, where I was like, this is a twin flame. We're going to get married. The stars messages, I keep receiving messages. And here I am, 33, about to be 34, single, and I have a dog. <laughs> so how do we, like, how, how did you know this was a twin flame? Like, what was your, to knowingness? What was your path to knowingness? Ooh, this could get deep. Um, so I, when I met Jeff, I, I knew about twin flames, but I, it was never something I was super interested in. It was never something I was like, Ooh, I want to find my twin flame. I just had read about it here and there in the spiritual world. So I was like, Oh shit. Like this, <laughs> this feels like something beyond, so beyond me. So beyond even us. Um, when, as we continue to cultivate a relationship, the best way I can describe it is it's this magnetic, all-encompassing love beyond anything that I've ever experienced in this lifetime. It, it literally takes me over. And when I first met him um, and as, as we got to know each other, it was almost like, it's, this sounds strange, it was almost like this... Um, like these images of us from past lives kept coming through. And this recognition was just so strong in a way where it was almost as if, and I hope you all can hear this. I, I believe that you will, but it was almost as if I had no choice because we had a mission to do together, that there was this mission and the work and the purpose and the healing we were meant to bring into the world we needed to choose to be together in service of all humans. And that's, that's, that piece of it felt so palpable. Even when my mind, like my questioning mind would get in the way, because I will say like him being who he is really reflected some of my needs for continued healing. Right. So my attachment to what people think he's over 20 years older than I am. So it was divinely perfect. All of his aspects shined a light on the things that I still needed to heal. And that's, that was another sign for me. Okay. Like this, I believe now, because I wasn't really in full belief of twin flames existing until I met him. So it was this all encompassing sense of service um, that was beyond us. I am like feeling that so deeply because I say that all the time is like, listen, this is an arranged marriage from the universe. So come on, it's for the folks, not for us. That's right. That's right. Get your ego out of the way. Yeah. So yeah. here's the flip side of that though, because, okay, so twin flame, this, we have like that whole, the path, what is it like the journey to twin flames? And it's like, first you meet, it's a divine connection. And then there's a separation phase. And then, you know, this, the separation phase could be because you all have like different political beliefs or you're, you're bickering all the time, but that's because you have to work through your stuff. And I've noticed people who are into this twin flame dynamic use that as an excuse to remain in unhealthy relationships. How do people navigate this whole journey, this ascension journey, when it comes to knowing the difference between 
you know, this is a divine person, but they're still working through their stuff. So give them space for that. And like, that's just a toxic relationship. You just need to not talk to them. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Good question. So we need to be discerning around what is actually toxic, what is harming us and what is our fear that's being ignited and coming up. And those are two different things, right? So I had so much fear come up in all different ways. And part of it did relate to like Jeff's, you know, life experience is so rich and so winding. I mean, he had a lot of near death experiences. He was homeless at one point, like all of that kind of, I don't want to call it instability, but it was definitely not the vanilla linear path that my ex-husband had (laughs) that felt very much more conventional, but it pushed all my buttons. And I, and I questioned, do I need to be with this man who has all of this like history and he's so much older than I am? And and it was all my fear. So I, I saw that clearly eventually as my fear when, you know, on the contrary, if in fact we were, you know, he was being harmful to me, or there was like emotional, you know, unsafety or emotional abuse or a lot of blaming, like that would have bordered more on like a toxic relationship. Not to say we didn't have conflict, but, you know, I think it's all about the discernment around like, what, what is mine that's coming up? What is my fear? And, and what is harming me um, due to the other person still working through their stuff? And am I willing to host um, presence in order for them to work through it. And it's all about like the personal ability to differentiate that. And it can be, you know, a gray area. How do we drop the story? How do we drop the stories that we tell ourselves when we get really excited about someone we just met or, um, in terms of dropping the stories of other people's ideas and what they have for us? Yeah. The first thing that I always tell people is that we have to take a really, 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 really big step back, right? Like Lena was talking about earlier, like what do we experience as us having value? That's where I begin, right? Because when we're younger, we do things to perform, to achieve, to get this gratification. Like, look at me, look at me. I did that thing that you wanted me to do and now I have value, right? So whenever we're coming from that perspective, We're not understanding the depth of how inherently valuable we already are just being who we are. So starting from that space, right? And and a lot of times I talk to people and I like, we'll tell them something like that. And they're like, okay, what else? And I'm like, well, just do that for one month, right? Two months, three months and see how much things have changed. And then we can talk about something else because it doesn't have to be this complex thing. It might be complicated along the way. Mm-hmm. We might have difficulties. It might be easy. But what I tell people all the time is like, this thing that I'm saying is very simple. Maybe difficult, maybe easy, maybe go up and down, but very simple. So going back to find what makes us feel like we're inherently valuable inside of ourselves and the gifts that we have, that's the route that I always take with it. I have chills over here. Yes, a thousand percent, Cameron. I love that. We, if we think of ourselves as these beings who have been programmed, we can see where we were given messages and 
kind of guided into a place where we acted to perform for a specific response. And that's, I, I agree. I think going back to unwind that and constantly asking, what do I desire? What is mine to own? Constant self-inquiry. Is this mine? Is this my belief? Is this my thought? Or was this given to me? So again, like continuing to question everything, knowing that all of our actions, whether it's a, a big choice to get married or um, to be with a specific partner and dedicate yourself to them, or if it's like, you know, choosing, you know, how you move through your day, all of these things come from an intention. A lot of times they're coming from a belief system. And if we can begin to peel back the layers and ask, is this mine? Does this align with who I am at the core? Is this aligned with what I desire at the core? What I need at the core? The inherent value that I possess? Is it in alignment with that? Is it honoring myself? Like we begin to question our actions and words and thoughts. We'll begin to like peel back all of those layers of gunk that we've taken on from our families and from society so we can excavate who we truly are beneath all of those thoughts we've been given. I'm, I want to question compromise, like, because <clears throat> I feel like, you know, this is like very a social norm where it's like, well, you got to compromise, you know, and I'm like, yes, I do believe in compromise. But for me, a lot of times I'm like, I was super happy before, like I engaged in this relationship. So over time, sometimes I feel like I'm experiencing like restriction and like I was already happy why do I have to change myself when I know my inherent value mm -hmm. I know there's somebody who will just like accept me as I am so what do you think about compromise mm. yeah so I'm very much an advocate of the middle path of anything and so I for the most part I, I fully agree when you are embodying your truth and your authentic self, your light, you will attract, you know, different people along the way. But the person who, for lack of better words, maybe meant to be in your orbit, in your life, will allow you to have almost like complete independence and freedom while you're in the relationship. So their compromises may have to happen like in day-to-day -day life, like, okay, let's go to this restaurant instead of this one, right? But as a whole, I feel that um, when you are aligned with your partner, again, whether they're your twin flame or not, when, they're, when you're aligned with them, there's this freedom. So compromise doesn't even need to happen too often, just kind of in the day-to-day -day minutia. That's my perspective. How do we, how, how do we allow ourselves to truly show up um, in our authentic ways to bring in the kind of people that we want? One of the most important questions that we need to sit with as humans, especially if we're on the spiritual path, this path of awakening, um, in order to fully show up in our greatness and in our divine fierceness, we need to begin seeing where we shy away from ourselves because I fully believe that we're much more afraid of our power than we are really anything else um, at the core. And so it's like when you're out, just noticing, it's all about self-awareness, right? Noticing when you say things for a certain response or when you 
um, minimize your accomplishments because it may, you may be perceiving other people um, feeling uncomfortable. You know, notice when you're modifying your light and you're dimming your strength and power in order to make others comfortable. And I think we're all at some level like conditioned in that way. Um, and I, I think visualization and just having that, that visual of your highest self or um, a visualization that really inspires you to, to embody that light is so helpful. And being so intentional, so mindful about how you show up, what you say. So it's all about wise speech, wise action, to not deny or betray the power that is who you are. And that's just like a micro moment awareness and choice. And then noticing when you shy away and, and choosing to, to change that over time. So we heal through changing our lens and through choice. And it's, it's pretty um, eye-opening when we actually see where we shy away from our light. When we meet someone who we feel is our potential twin flame, should that be a call? Like, how can we not, not tell them, <laughs> you know? Like, and then, yeah, that kind of might scare them off a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're really spiritual. Like I've noticed, I was like, I think it might be my twin flame. And it's just really like, it's a possibility, you know, may not, but, you know, I kind of feel that energy. Do you think that's something to bring up? in a relationship that's blossoming this idea of twin flames and the possibility that you feel like they may be that energy or is that something we should just like keep to ourselves and just kind of observe and see what happens i believe that it can be helpful when there's enough foundation in the relationship there's enough communication there's enough trust it's almost like the holding space of the relationship can hold the vastness of the twin flame potential. So we need to really have attunement with how strong that holding place is. So fascinating because once Jeff and I, you know, got together and we continued to like cultivate this sacred life together, I started getting these clients in my practice. I'm working with a handful of clients now who are on their twin flame ascension process and and I fully believe, you know, in, in knowing them, they, they are in their twin flame relationships and the turbulence that they've experienced to get to where they are now has been massive. But to answer your question, Monica, I think it can be a really helpful, um, you know, a really helpful thing to bring up when you're in the process, but only when there's a foundation to hold it, because it can freak some people out that um, that, that could be the case. And you want to make sure that there's enough safety. And I have just one more question. Um, So how do you work with your clients on getting their twin flame ascension? How do they prepare for that? And what are some tools that we could take home with us to help us get us on our path? We're struggling over here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh girl, it's a, it's part of it is hosting the struggle, right? Um, Yeah. So I think initially it's about transforming our relationship with discomfort because the inherent piece of the twin flame ascension journey is to host all of those dark pieces that have been repressed and tamped down for way too long. You know, the shame, the fear. I mean, I was, I literally felt like I was dying (laughs) when 
I chose, you know, I, I chose to leave my marriage and it was so turbulent. I, mean, I remember being at Machu Picchu, um, actually with Jeff and an amazing group of people receiving our healers rights from this incredible group of shamans. And that was the day that my ex had basically texted everyone he knew, including my family, can, trying to convince them that I was brainwashed by a shamanic cult. And because most people in my life at that time were not like into this journey like I am, a lot of people believed it, including my own family. So it's, it's about really embracing the warrior's path and transforming our relationship with discomfort because in order to make it to the other side, you need to host all of the fear, all of the shame, all of the self-doubt that will come up within you and just know that you feel it to heal it and that you it's a choice to move through it and to not act out of a place of fear, but continually coming back to acting out of a place of love. So tools, ground yourself every day, like really, really trust the energy of Mother Earth and get your feet in that earth receive that energy to help stabilize your first chakra, um, know that your, your energy center is going to be restructured. So any kind of energy work, chakra, balancing work, but grounding is essential and just daily meditation and cleansing a lot of alkaline water. Um, but from a philosophy and mindset standpoint, like post the discomfort, it is your healer and it is your teacher. You heard it here, everybody. Don't send that 2 a.m. text message, <laughs> that passive-aggressive meme in your stories, waiting for them to look at it, do a meditation, drink your alkaline water, and whatever will come to you will come to you. Lena, thank you so much for this moment. Mm. Wow. That was Definitely an insightful episode. Super thankful for having Lena's presence on the show with us. So much to dissect with love. And if you're feeling loving, if you're feeling like giving yourself a little bit of a self-love and self-care, head over to nowfoods.com. Our sponsor, they are currently offering 20% off your entire purchase by using the coupon code YNOW20. Head over to nowfoods.com and tune in with us for the next episode. Peace, y'all.